Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Gentlemen. There's finally been competitive rugby. Not sevens rugby. Not the bastardised form of the game. Actual 15s. It's brilliant, isn't it? Wonderful. <laughs> Did, I, I'm guessing neither of you watched anything, though. No? Uh, I have now watched everything. Mm, a, a likely story. And, <laughs> and you, Tim? I have watched extended highlights of both games and a little bit of bits and bobs from other pre-season matches and top 14. Excellent. So we'll be talking about Tim's extended highlights and Jason Lander's ex- extended shorts <laughs> all in the pod. Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Hello and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Thank you for listening, thank you for subscribing, and if you haven't subscribed, please do so. Also, you can find us on Twitter, at The Rugby Podcast, uh, and also... Uh, 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 there's no the... Oh no, that's The Rugby Dungeon, sorry, Rugby Podcast. Oh, Thank you. Oh, what a disaster. <laughs> uh, and if you want, leave us a iTunes re- review also. I believe you might have an iTunes review lined up for us, Tim. I've got two, gentlemen. No, you uh, haven't. Harold Germain uh, said... Waiting to come across an equally good podcast is like waiting for it to be Gloucester's year. Oh, goodness me. (laughs) (laughs) And Fan Prem Rugby said, um, this is the most valuable unofficial voice in rugby. Just like what what classes as an official or unofficial voice? Not not Brian Moore's full contact, that's for sure. Not anymore. Not anymore, (laughs) yeah. Uh, what classes, that's a good question. What does class an official voice? Uh, I'm quite happy to be unofficial, to be honest. No, I want to be very official. I, I want everyone to take me very seriously. <laughs> I think we're taking seriously anyway. So it's the like, review goes on from it's Fan like Prem people. Rugby. It's like those people that say, oh, in my funeral, I want everyone laughing, uh, laughing and dancing and having a good time. Oh, no, not me. I want them crying. I want, <laughs> yeah, I want right. them devastated. So the review, the review goes on. I listen to a whole host of rugby podcasts, and despite disagreeing on their perspective at times... I have to say these guys are the Northern Hemisphere authority in brackets. Disclaimer for those expecting anything in depth on Southern Hemisphere beyond impersonations of names like Bin Smuff or words like Daibu or Aussie names like Metamua or Joe Tamani. Uh, In a sport where honest perspective and commentary is often painfully blanketed with, with eggshells, those guys are a very necessary breath of fresh air. Mm. Well, I tell you what, I'll be walking around on eggshells this week, next week, and probably for the foreseeable future regarding Welsh rugby, because I have had nothing but talk. I've had 500 messages on my personal Twitter this week alone over the subject of Welsh rugby. You wouldn't believe it. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. That fact, there's 400 on Thursday. <laughs> 400. 
That will uh, learn you. That will learn you. Yep, I yeah. will never talk about Welsh rugby ever again. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what? I never did anyway. I'll tell you what else uh, melted down the internet was uh, these Ben Ryan's Iron Lions uh, Iron Lion Ryan song. It most certainly did. We got we got a lot of people saying that they've uh, they've just had that in their head all week. So, but I'm not sorry for that. Yeah, it's an amazing tune. Well, it just shows how little I know about anything. I didn't realise that was a song before it was a song. I thought Lion, <laughs> Ryan, Iron, or whatever it was, was the original. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a little bit of Bob Marley catch-up with you there, Jay. <laughs> no, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> I, I'm not open to exploring other cultures, so I, I'm quite happy where I am. All right. Uh, shall we kick off with some actual rugby then, boys? Go on. Shall we go with... <sighs> Australia, New Zealand... Well, if, we, if we're going to talk Australia and New Zealand, the first thing we should talk about is not actual rugby. It's the bugging devices that have been found in the ho- team's hotel rooms. I don't believe that this is a thing. Well, before we do that, guys, can I just Whoa. say, if you want to take a... If you want to take to a hotel room, or any yes. other room for that matter, yes. a, a device... Yes. Then I would make sure it's a cornerstone razor, personally. That's exactly where I thought that that was going. <laughs> I <laughs> hoped it was going there. <laughs> tell yes, us what get, co- go on, Jay. You take it away, mate. You oh, I was going to say, why don't you tell us all about Cornerstone? But you know what? I'll do it. Uh, cornerstone are a subscription razor service delivered direct to your door with a hand-engraved, not hand-engraved, an engraved shaft. German precision engineering, better than the likes of GQ, better than the likes of Wilkinson Sword. And we know this because they've won important awards. All you need to do is go onto their, go onto their website forward slash egg chasers or, shall I do it myself? Yeah, yeah. So cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers. Get your free engraved uh, handle for an order, first order of just £4 because you get a £10 discount because you listen to us. Uh, cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or... Egg tenant checkout. That's the one, isn't it? I've got one job. One job. Egg tenant checkout. Nailed it again. So, spying. Buggate. Yeah. Do you think this is a thing? No, I don't, is my initial thought. I just think if you have an organisation like the ARU, which is where the fingers are pointing, they are just too big and too official to indulge in anything like this. There's too much to lose. Well, the fingers were initially pointed at the ARU uh-huh. and then the a- the ARU um, did a sweep of their room and they also found a similar bugging device. Did they? Yes. So, uh, or so they say, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what you would say if you'd planted, been caught planting a bugging device. Well, and that's what you do if you were scanning your own storeroom. <laughs> I'm Kaiser Soze. Um, <laughs> although I would say, boys, this isn't the first time there's been this kind of controversy. In 2008, Steve Hansen accused... Australian television stations of capturing practices illegally and then feeding it to the ARU. And in 2013, uh, a long lens photographer captured bits of paper that Graham Henry was holding to get special information. And they found out New Zealand's plans of how they were going to deal with Matt Gitto before a Tri-Nations decider. How were they going to so, do that? Um, do we know? What, do we know what the plans were? I know. I, I know. Well, I'm sure they're, they're online somewhere if you're... If you, interested but no i haven't got a clue i've got a marginally interesting story <laughs> go on very marginally interesting well i've kind of been in this situation before with the all blacks and them training and so have you phil yes i remember it very well and they were preparing for a game and they kicked us out of the stadium on the strength that we oppress which i think is a stretch but that's what they did they said you've got to leave the stadium right now no you've got to leave the field right now yeah so we just went to the owner's box 
of the Chicago Bears and watched it from like 20 stories up or however high yeah, it is. Yeah, incredible perspective, like almost directly on top because of the way the stadium's constructed. You're, yeah. you're almost on top of the uh, touchline. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this actually isn't that hard. And in fact, I'm amazed it hasn't happened before, which leads me to think this is the sort of thing you could level at an opposition just because you feel like it. Because when the All Blacks trained in the United States, anyone could have watched. Even yeah. though they said you couldn't, anyone could have watched. Yeah, yeah. And there was hundreds of people in the stands who were allowed to watch. It would be no problem whatsoever. There's a difference between people watching and then like the accusations you mentioned earlier from 2008, Tim, where people have recorded stuff and then sent it through to the ARU. That's two different situations. But this is... I just find it odd. Like, what are you going to learn from a... A team meeting like that. You're yeah. gonna you, as as where was the tweet that we got? It was very good. I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. It was from Ross Waterhouse. No, 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 Ben Bellamy, who said, "Surely all that would have been heard would be heavy sweeping and tape collecting." <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> and the, you probably hear a lot of kids' voices. You know, they're holding hands. You know, showing them around. There's some. Voices of old people doing their community out, out work reach, yeah. reach, outreach work. Um, there'd be all well, sorts of things. Well, bearing in mind the the the, 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 when the New Zealand team suspected it happened at the World Cup, and so they now have people that do sweeps of their hotel rooms. That is it's, it, it's interesting that they only found the bug after they'd had a team meeting. I reckon they might have found it before and then staged a meeting because Faked. clearly, clearly the way Australia played. It, yeah, they could have they could have ended up sabotaging themselves. You never know. <laughs> that's not a bad idea, actually. In fact, that's almost certainly what happened. Yeah, it was um, it was an unholy mess. This game. Go on. It was uh, another. Let me give credit to another tr- uh, tweet as well, because during the game, Ross Waterhouse tweeted to at Rugby Podcast and said, "Call the UN. There's been an international incident. It was horrendous." Didn't I tweet that? No, I think Ross Waterhouse did. Uh, well, me and Ross are, you well, know, Ross is clearly a very bright man. Great minds, great yeah. minds. Yeah. Very funny, bright man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was an absolute disaster. I mean, this is one of the biggest rugby disasters I can remember in the last three, four years. This is so far off the scales of rugby disasters. Uh, it's incredible. Australia thought they were going to win this. Uh, I kind of thought it'd be competitive. But it wasn't even close. No. It wasn't even close to being close at half time. It was thirty-two three at half time. Oh my god! I felt like I was watching a. I felt like I was watching a snuff film or something. <laughs> uh, and it, it was it was remarkable just how easy it was for New Zealand because mm. they their tries were just simple hands. There were so many times where they just used simple hands and had an overlap and, and coasted in. Yeah, they were so far ahead of Australia. I couldn't even tell you what Australia did wrong. They just feel like they obviously they lost every possible possible collision, but do you know when you watch two school teams play and one doesn't doesn't even show up, can't contain even the most simple of moves? Well, that's basically what we were watching. Yeah, I know. I just feel sorry for Aussies in general because they'll <laughs> they'll be able to remember a time, you know, in the not too distant past when they would look at an Olympic medal table and laugh <laughs> at us poms and how much they battered us. Yep, yeah. Where, when we came and played a three-test tour in their back garden, they we would never win. 
And now, not just getting beaten in a Bledisloe match, just getting humiliated. Although there was, I did like the conspiracy theory that um, one Aussie wrote that they were deliberately let, let themselves get flogged just to spite the English fans to make us feel less <laughs> smug about our 3-0 whitewash. No. It, did, it did make me feel a little bit less happy about the English performances in Australia, to be honest. And it made me feel a lot happier about the Welsh performances. The Welsh performance. At least Welsh, Wales put some uh, points on the board against them. Yeah. Uh, well, just just a couple of stats here from, from the game. I'm not going to re- go through all of it, but metres meters made 839 for New Zealand, 300. Wow. For Australia, line breaks was twenty-two for New Zealand, two for Australia. Oh twenty-two, my God. two. Oh and, my word! And there's forty missed tackles by Australia as well, uh, which is not pretty at all. They're, they're all some of the worst stats I've ever seen. Do you know what? It makes me think: what is next for this team? Because usually, when you lose three games at home, make that a fourth game at home now yeah. to his- historic opposition who you thought you might beat. I would look at getting rid of the coach. But the problem is there is not a single other Australian coach who could step in and do that. Uh, you look at someone like Larkham. Well, Larkham isn't a good international coach. He's probably better off at the Brumbies. You've got... There's no one else. Eddie Jones. Go on, Stu. Um, Go on, Stu. Oh, goodness me, no. <laughs> and the guy they've got in charge is the best man for the job. Yeah, he is a yeah. tremendous coach. He's got great yeah. pedigree. He's won things, unlike Steve Hansen at club level. Um... I don't know where they go. It is a what? really miserable situation for Australia. It, it is. They've got a few injuries. And, I mean, the injuries during the game do not help at all. So losing Matt Gitto after 10 minutes. Yeah. And don't worry, you've got two two um, international calibre 12s on the bench. Yeah, no problem, so, right? so you just bring Matt Tamur on, who then gets injured. So you just bring Rob Horn on, who then gets injured. Well, you've so, got Nick Phipps, right? <laughs> not really international class... Uh, well, back other than a nine. Mm. Um, although he did take his try very well at the end when it was... I mean, the game was done long, long before that, I've got, that happened. I've got do you want to hear, do you got, hear some incredible insight? Yes, please, Tim. Yes. Stephen Moore. Stephen Moore in the post-match press conference. Incredible insight, this. I mean, it, this, is, this is all his years of experience and tactical nous. Uh, Stephen Moore, quote, it wasn't good enough, end quote. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> he looked like it. Stephen Moore. You know how some people, some people have resting bitch face. He has resting baffled face. He just looked <laughs> so scared. Well, I think uh, Stephen Moore is suffering from an e- extreme version of what Mike Delaney suffered from last year. I, I think it's a form of PTSD. Yeah, that yeah. boy. He- he's basically spent three years on the Eastern Front now. It's uh, what else can he do? I mean, he says it's, it's not good enough. They've got nobody else to throw in. That is their strongest team. They even flew the stars over from France. Yeah. And they still did nothing. Mm. I, 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 I literally have no suggestions on how they can improve. When, when, lock, when the opposition locks are outrunning your backs, you know it's a bad day at the office. Well, that yeah, because so far we, we've spoke about how poor uh, Australia were. New Zealand were, they were brilliant, brilliant in their simplicity. But part of it, I mean, the handling, when when they were just using hands and going wide, it it seemed not to matter who was in that back line. There's, yeah. There are times where um, White Locks pick up, off, pick up off his toes, takes into contact, offloads out the back door, onto the reserve hooker. Who's actually the starting hooker now. 
Well, sorry, no, that was on to um, Cody Taylor, not the result. Oh, so, right, okay. Yeah, who's, um, he did start, but only because of injury to Nathan Harris and to Dane Coles, who played despite not being 100%. Um, it was, uh, the basic level skills were exceptional. Can I make a statement? Go on. And I want you to kind of agree or disagree. Okay. Bowden Barrett, is he the best player in the world without being the best fly half in the world? <laughs> Do you say that because his kicking at sticks is not always 100%? Correct. I, he was 50, 50 something percent. I think it was 56 percent. Yeah, which it, simply isn't good enough, but everything else is just another level. I'd say possibly, yeah. I, I would. I would be more comfortable with someone else kicking, with a backup kicker. Uh, if you had a kicking fullback or Lee Halfpenny, someone like Lee Halfpenny. Although... If, if I was Lee Halfpenny now, I'd get on the phone to Bowden Barrett. <laughs> say, look, mate, we come as a package deal. <laughs> if they sign you, we will go for uh, we'll go somewhere for eight hundred thousand between the service and we we'll split it right down the middle. <laughs> what 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 do you say? <laughs> I, I, I think you, they could get more than eight hundred thousand. Yeah, no, a, if mil, Kirtley, a cool if, mill. Yeah, at, at least. Bowden Barrett, if, if Dan Carter's a million a year and Curtly Beale is seven hundred and fifty thousand a year, no, he's not. Is that how much he is? That's the reported Curtly figure. Curtly Beale. That's the reported figure at Wasps. Yep. Oh, so you're, you're talking you're talking closer to two million for those two players. What is probably. a package deal worth for those two? <laughs> Three to, years for those two. Close to two million a year. Tim, you... my thought on what bearing before... in mind the salary cap six million a year. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Well, they're just both your marquee players. Both, your, yeah, okay. What do you reckon, Tim? Would you pay two million a year for a package deal, a package holiday of Barrett and Halfpenny? I like to think myself more of a kind of Harry Redknapp wheeler dealer coach that would get maybe <laughs> ten players for that and do better. <laughs> or Steve Diamond in the rugby context. Yeah, that's but not a bad show. I, I wrote down um, on because you know, believe it or not, I actually do consider some of what I say before a podcast and. Um, I've written. I'm just looking at a bit of paper here where I've written, where I wrote yesterday when I was watching the game. Bowden Barrett, form player in the world. So I would stop short of saying best player in the world. Okay. I would say form player in the world. I... Uh, there, there is no one right now playing better than he is, and I, 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 I don't care how you fit him into that all black team but at 10 he seems to have and this is the mark of a, a great player and this is what what excites me about the potential of Henry Slade in the future as a 10 he, he seems to have so much time when he has the ball even under pressure he's he's but as Phil was talking about the basic skills there is no one that has a wider selection of skills done perfectly than him and he's quicker than most wingers yeah yes. that's the one isn't it I think it's the electric speed that his try where um Reed got hit hard by Curandrani, offloaded, and he was just away. He just th- gassed through the gap so so comfortably. Now, I'm no expert on New Zealand rugby, so I'm in no place to say what their options are. But does this not make a really good argument for Damien McKenzie coming in? Because he is a kicker. A kicking fullback. fullback. Yeah. That, that's an interesting... It, it would solve that problem. Yeah. But I know there are people in, in New Zealand now probably banging their head against the wall thinking that is definitely definitely not the solution for whatever reason it'll be. But there must be a reason that he's not in there. Well, you've got two class fullbacks on the pitch already in Ben Smith and Israel Dagg. But and Damian McKenzie is in the wider squad. So maybe it's not a bad option. No. Are we looking at this back to front? Are we looking at this with kind of a... 
old school head. I, I don't know that we are, but but perhaps we are. We're, we're actually the the kicking is something that is transient and can be better and should be better and could be focused on. But the the rest of the skill set is is. It's stuff you can't teach. Or- yeah. Yes. Yeah. I agree with you, I- except for this. See, I think it should be the kicking distribution. Oh, let's start again. I think the kicking duty should be distributed among other people, right? But the fact is, it isn't. And he is responsible for that. And as it is part of his job, it has to be factored in. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I agree with that. I would actually say that Bowden Barrett, so 56% in that game. And there have been a few question marks over the year. His his kicking overall is generally pretty good. And he missed a few from distance. He also slotted a few from the touchline. And he normally kicks in, in pretty bad conditions. And he's not as bad. He's It's not as big a weakness as you might think. Mm. Talking about one other player, um, did, uh, did anyone notice that Sam Kane appears to have sort of um, spent the last few months making his hair facial hair and just head resemble Richie McCaw as, as closely <laughs> as he could. I wonder if it's uh, just a tactic to try and conv- just to fool the ref into thinking that Richie's still there and they can get away with uh, so being offside. If you're going to look like someone, I'd probably go for Richie McCaw. Yeah. Especially if you're a seven. It's tried and tested. <laughs> it just works. It just works. On the flip side, on the Aussie side, um, I think one of the, the big areas that, that just gave Bowden Barrett and New Zealand just running riot is Australia were uncharacteristically and completely ineffective at the breakdown. Yes. Yeah. I, I think partly that was the way it was refereed. Um, but they were, they were, they were poor. They were giving penalties away. Their decision-making was poor um, and they weren't strong enough. Do you think there's too much made out of the double sevens and hoping that they get to the breakdown and competing when actually maybe they just leave it alone? Well, it's, well, so it's less than a year ago, and that that was the that was the formula for a World Cup final spot. Except for when Gustard starts revolutionising Saracens and saying leave leave it alone, uh, fast press does the same for England, fast press. Maybe that could be uh, the way you go about beating New Zealand if there is a way. Yeah, if there is a way, because <laughs> it's not... certainly not playing those those uh, tandem sevens. No, no, but I don't <laughs> I don't know I don't know what else they could have done. Because they are the best two players. And you almost had three sevens because you had um, Benny, Benny McCallman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I hope that they come and I do hope that they come unstuck because not because I want New Zealand to lose per se. I just want to see somebody figure it out because that's what, that's what excites me. Uh, I mean, is there any hope for either Australia... Well, is there any hope for Australia rectifying the situation? It must be hard to see. You're staring down the barrel already. Well, who have they got next, Phil? Do you know? Yes. Go New, on. New Zealand. Brilliant. In New Zealand. Brilliant. <laughs> so they're not going to sort, sort it out next week. No, they're not. <laughs> uh, but they've got a third game against them right at the end of the tournament, yeah? Yeah. They'll then, they'll then go off and play South Africa and, and um, Arge- Argentina. They could really do with the rest. Yeah. Right, well... So- no, let's, no simple solutions for Australia. What shall we say? No, let's uh, let's move on from Australia because I don't think there's much hope. Let's talk about another game: South Africa, Argentina. Who saw this? Not live, but I've, I've uh, seen no, it. I've seen the extended highlights. highlights since. Okay, so I'm going to make a bit of a, a statement now, 
I think Argentina are the new France, and France are the old Argentina. <laughs> uh, um, I, in, in, what, 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 how are you qualifying that? Okay, so mean? back in the day, Argentina could scrummage and do nothing else. That yeah. is now France. And France used to play this incredible oh. offloading, flooding through when they make a break. Exactly, and could be anyone on, on their day. And I think that is Argentina. Uh, they've beaten South Africa away. They gave him a damn good run for their money this time around, and they can still scrimmage. So Argentina or the new France. Yeah, mm. I, I can see that. And they both got nice kits. Yeah, they do have nice kits. Yeah. Wow. This is an interesting game. Uh, oh, did, hang on. Let's do this back to front. Did anyone see the very last play? Uh, yes, yes. It was incredible. Uh, he tried to kick to touch. Uh, oh, Whiteley, Whiteley, yeah. yeah. After scoring. Combrink kicked it to touch from a penalty, just short of the halfway line, five five or so metres in. Uh, driving Maul, Warren Whiteley in the left-hand corner. Can I just say on Warren Whiteley, um, a good player, but Cracking player. South, South African number eight, he does not look like a South African number eight. No, do you know who he sort of reminds me of, uh, breaks myself to be mocked, is a South African Kieran Reid. Operates in the wire channels, nice hands, good gas. Yeah. He's not a yeah. the, like, uh, Dwayne Vermillion, or however you say his name. Sort of <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Vermillion, was that Vermillion. not a Is that band an ice cream? in the 80s or 70s band or something? <laughs> I thought it was a flavour of ice cream. Vermillion, <laughs> uh, that's, that's a better pronunciation of it. Yeah, yeah, I think he's that kind of player. And actually, he should uh, play captain, do everything, because they should just base all of what they do on what the Lions do. And, and they, they've started to. They had uh, a fair few of them in the team, didn't they? Yeah. You had Combrink, you had uh, Mapoi, you had um, Yantis and Faf. Uh, I tell you what, Yantis really excites me. Yeah. He might be one of the few guys that can hold a candle up to Bowden Barrett in terms of his open play, his feet, his gas. Maybe, yeah. not, maybe not as good a passer, but definitely a better kicker. In fact, can you confirm that for me? Uh, that he's a better kicker? Yes, statistically. Uh, in this game, let me get the stats up. Uh, I can just go on. Uh, Bodenberg was fifty-six percent. Uh, Yantes was sixty percent. Well, you know, so they... hard, cold hard stats prove you right, JB. Exactly, and they always say, don't they? At the top level of the game, it's about the one or two percent. Exactly, the fine margins. Fine margins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite a good game, not to the caliber of the New Zealand game. I am worried about Argentina. Do you not think they're just due kind of a raft of retirement soon? Um, well, Lobby wasn't there, was he? Nope, um, he's going to be going soon. Because Lobby was playing for Toulon. Um, but um, Hernandez played and probably is due a retirement soon. Besides that, I mean, how many else are especially old? No, that's that's a note I made. I was amazed how young this Argentinian side is. Uh, some real promise. And again, as we've talked about before, we were if if we were going to have predicted a hiding for one team or another, it would have been Argentina travelling to South Africa because Haguares have just been yeah. a joke. And it's uh, clearly they're even more party boys than we thought because the the Haguares season in Super Rugby was just a six month long team social with a bit of rugby <laughs> yeah I think one of the reasons it was such a social is it's kind of like a homecoming for everyone who played in it played in Europe and they thought well it's my last season let's go and enjoy it yeah no I I, I look at that team and there's a lot of young talent 
some some really good players. I Don't... love the look of Matera. The oh, well, well, the guy from Leicester. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it's the same guy. Yeah, I I find that weird. He did so little in the Prem, and yet he's a bit of a superstar in Argentina. He yeah. he came across when he was only like nineteen or twenty, though, didn't he? He did. So he, it's possibly a bit too early for him. And but yeah. th- those those two young wingers as well, Cordero and Montero. Yeah. Now, which I... one of those is the sevens player? There is a sevens player in that. Is it Montero? Uh, he's a massive man. I don't. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's like six four. No, it mustn't be him then. I'm, they've, they've got one guy, not the guy who's just been playing sevens. Oh, is that Orlando? No. Um... Orlando, the, the 13 who scored. Oh, he's the 13 who scored. Oh, I don't know, actually. Cadero played in the under-20s. He might have played a bit of sevens, actually. Mm. He's a very good player, uh, Santiago. He played in the under-20s about two years ago. Mm. And what is it? I also wonder, like, what is there in Argentina underneath that, that top level? Well, that, that, is, that is a big question, isn't it? You You almost think that they should use... So the Jaguars is basically the national team who gets played together week on week. And all their other talented players, they send out to France and England, like Matera did. Yeah. You, 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 because that's the only way to get... See, I would be doing it the other way around. I would have Jaguars having all the young talent is, And as soon as you get like 28 or something like that, send them off to France for their big payday, free up a space and get some more talent in from Argentina. Yeah. At a reasonable price. But then having your... There's a lot to be said about having your best players, your national team, not just playing 10 internationals this season, effectively playing 30, ga- 30 games with each other a season. I don't, oh, and and I don't all the know. games they're playing off the field, clearly. Yes. No, I, do you know what? I don't buy that at all. I don't buy it because we've seen it at Aguilares. We see it in the Welsh regions and, to a lesser extent, the Irish regions. It doesn't always make for winning teams. It does with New Zealand, though. I mean, you've you've only got the same players spread across five, five teams. Yeah, I guess New Zealand is not atypical of any union, though, is it? No, they give away their best players um, when they get over a certain age, just like I, I say. But they, well, they manage to keep everyone somehow. They don't seem to pay them that much. It, uh, it may be a small population, but it's interesting when when every every boy wants to be an All Black. Yeah. It's it's the the prestige of the All Blacks shirt, isn't yeah. it? Every single person. Do you want to know a fact about New Zealand? Go on. Apparently, they've got more registered soccer players than they have rugby players, which amazed me. And this only changed like five or six years ago. What? Yeah. Is, is that because they've got uh, more women? So you've got some men and, and a, a no, lot of I women? No, I think this was just boys. Wow. That, that needs to be that fact needs to be substantiated but uh, yeah, I'm, sure I, I'm right. Yeah, we, we need some live fact checking going on here. Yeah. Um, my, my favorite headline ahead of this game which I clocked was um because the the prop cock um was on the bench. You love you love No, Vincent. hang on. Is Tim going to make a cock. joke about a naughty word? <laughs> Hold on everyone. Here it comes. <laughs> Go on Tim. Cocks out to bury demons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about la- just about laughing with you here. <laughs> Good work. No, and the, and I really like the look of that guy as a, as a player. And um, look at that other young prop. He's going to be out injured, of course. But faff, faff. Yeah, all about faff. Yeah, all about faff. There, there are headlines here like no faff today, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> no faffing about. There, there, there is some inventiveness. Yeah, they need to work on that. But he he he's looking to be a bit of a game changer of a player, isn't he? I don't know. I think he... I, well, yeah, he is. He's a very, very good player. Do you not just think he's wild? Yeah. 
but you, you can, can he appears to become a bit more controllable so he he's turns the wildness on and off to mm. an extent um like the the acceleration uh, and the pass back inside for the try uh, the the second of the two tries with 10 minutes to go was awesome and just a lot of his general skill set is pretty good it's pretty good I, every now and again, he throws a pass into the crowd or, or something, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm or tries a, tries a deliberate knock-on. Yeah, I'm amazed he's not got, yet, got, got yellow carded for, uh, for that yet. Um, how many yellow cards has Brian Habana had in his entire career? I know the answer to this. Is that his first? One after, one? one after the game. That's an, ama- that's an amazing stat for someone with so many caps. I know. What was your take on the yellow card, Tim? Um, uh, I've kind of just accepted that that's going to be a yellow. Now, it was clearly no intent. He slipped. All the rest of it, it was an accident. Yeah. Accidents happen. But I'm now, I'm now resigned to the fact that that will be a yellow card. I'm with you on this, Tim. I, I mean, the big big difference for me, I thought he'd get away with it because he's clearly not in control of his body. If you're in control of your body and you're still careless, well, that's one thing. But he wasn't. He was yeah. falling over. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Maybe we oh, should... well, he shouldn't have fallen over, JB. Yellow card for basically. I mean, maybe we should find falling over. Yeah, but maybe we, you know, if we take an extreme uh, version of this, we should find the uh, groundsman for not making a, a safe and stable pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Quite right. <laughs> oh, well, the, gr- the groundsmen are the the spring box now because they they do they mow the mow the pitches. They, uh, they, they right, paint yeah. the lines. They put the posts up. Yes, bring they the, do. Bring the flags in afterwards. Yeah, just picking up on something, because you, you clearly and I heard you uh, moonlighting on another podcast, having a good, having a good old giggle at me. Uh, what what did we say? Me, making me sound like some randy schoolboy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't have it. <laughs> um, no, no, you, you were mentioning we um, got brought up my obsession with Naughty the names. antics that are going on in, in oh. the Olympic <laughs> Village. Oh yeah. Well, I tell you what, mate. I, I hands up. I mocked you until I watched the hockey final, and those Dutch <laughs> ladies are rather attractive. Oh yeah, well that, that was my point. Like the, it, the Aussie, the Aussie rugby team were rooming next to the Dutch hockey team, and there's no greater advert for yeah. for adolescent age boys to really dig in and get in the gym and work hard on the pitch we, than than that. We might we might have left him, but I completely agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I, I've prepared a little game on that front. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Okay. Oh no! The game is called Frat House or Olympic Village. Ooh. I've, I've taken some excerpts, taken some excerpts from from real stories that I found in newspapers, and you have to guess whether they're about a frat house or the Olympic Village. <laughs> this is brilliant. What a great... Perfect. Ready? <laughs> Go for it. Two men dressed only in socks, jock straps, and hats stood on dining tables feeding each other lunch. Right, so it's either a frat house or it's the Olympic Village. Feeling, yep. Okay. Now, is I, is there a sport in the Olympic w- that would require a jock, jock strap. strap? No, but I think most American athletes just wear jock straps anyway, don't they? I don't know. I mean, you know, that's what they do. They just wear. I mean, I've seen jock straps being employed for like touch rugby and that kind of thing. Wow. Yeah, I think it's so. It's American. Yeah, it's an American thing. Oh yeah, there's loads that you could, you know, maybe boxing or taekwondo or. Wrestling. What's your answer? What's your answer? Oh, okay, okay, okay. You want some answer? I'm going to say it's a frat house thing because I can't imagine them being too too drunk by lunchtime. Uh, frat house for me as well, Tim. 
You're both wrong. Olympic Village. What? Oh, go two, on. Fre- two French handballers, that was. <laughs> Handball. Oh, there's, is, there, is there contact in handball? Looks like it. <laughs> yeah. Evidently. Uh, was... Right, next one. Two people were having sex right out in the open, on grass, between buildings, getting down and dirty. That is a quote from an eyewitness. But was it from a frat house party or an Olympic Village? Surely that is a frat house party. I'm going to say Olympic Village. JB gets the point. Get in. <laughs> that is a quote from US goalkeeper Hope Solo. Uh, uh, who oh. herself apparently had a very high profile A-list celebrity that no one knows back to her room in the Olympic Village. Wow. Uh, also got yeah. slammed for the Zika, the Zika virus stuff. <laughs> I have seen a, yeah. a few pictures of Hope Solo. Have you? Se- Do you know what mm-hmm. she looks like, Jay? Yes, I know exactly what uh, Hope Solo looks like. Yes. Good. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay, you're, you're both on zero. Next one. Oh, no, I'm on one. JB's on one. I'm on zero. Oh, JB's on one. Sorry. Sorry, okay. sorry. Um, one housemate kicked out one of their roommates and locked them out all night in order to have a marathon session. Uh, marathon. Well, that's an Olympic event. Uh, <laughs> Olympic Village, of course. I'm going to say, I have to say Olympic Village. Correct. <laughs> that was that was at this Olympics, and it was two Brazilian what, what synchronized divers. Have you been? Uh, have you been using Tim? <laughs> no, this was a horny this was a Olympic story stories. Enter. <laughs> <laughs> Get this. This was a big, big story in Brazil. Okay, uh, last week, two synchronized divers <laughs> were competing together, okay. and the night before. The night before they were competing, one of them kicked the other one out of the room and had a massive session all night with with a Brazilian canoeist. <laughs> wow, there you go. Goodness me. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. I've got other stories, but I think let's move on. Okay. Uh, so, they, so they were all Olympic Village? Uh, they were all Olympic Village, and there's more. There's, 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 there's orgies in hot tubs. There's, uh, yeah. Wow, well, well, there we go, Al. Our first ever quiz that's got nothing to do with rugby. <laughs> that's I, good. I, I, I like it. I, I, I like it. I like well. it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was inspired by your ribbing of me. I thought I'd just go for it. I, I enjoyed it, mate. I, I enjoyed it. Excellent. Well done, Tim. Uh, kept in character. I'll give you that much. <laughs> yeah. Stash watch. Stash watch. Has anyone yes. seen the bath kit? I've seen the two bath kits, the, the home and away. I've not seen that, them yet, so I'm going to Google them right now as as we're talking. The home jersey, am I right in saying it isn't it isn't really any different? It's it's pretty pretty similar. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's good. It's classic vintage look. Yeah. 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 So am I going to be happy when I see this? Uh, you'll be happy with the you'll be happy with the the home jersey. I'm interested in what you think about the change jersey. Okay, got it here. So black shorts, good. Is that the one? It's quite like yellow. He's got like a yellow stripe down the... Yeah, this is it. This is it. Hoop socks, black shorts, nice badge. Uh, yeah, love it. Brilliant. Absolutely spot on. Have you got the away kit there? Uh, is that red? No. Is no. It... It's like a grey. Is it? It's like a it's like a grey change kit. Let me have a look. It's a lot better than Northampton's grey change yeah. kit of the last, last year. Yeah. So I quite like that. The Northampton one? Yeah, which makes me a pervert. Oh yeah. no, I don't like that at all. 
No, uh, this kit is. I I like the this away kit. I quite like it, but I'm just not sure about. I'm just. I'm never sure about grey kits. I I always think it's done for like. Because fans will wear it with jeans, and it's and I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a colour that really completely works for me. Um. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Uh, about unusual colours for kits, and grey does come up because I don't think anyone's got their home kit that's grey. Uh, no. Hang Leicester on. have had a grey away a change kit, and I didn't like that. one. Oh, that was that. disgusting. Um, yeah. Now you talk about the Leicester away kit, which was now it is grey, but from certain angles it was like a dusky pink. Oh, that was odd, wasn't it? Yeah. Now I've got one here, right? Bath rugby. It's red with stripes on it. It says Dyson across the front. Is that a training top? Uh, I can only assume yes. That, that one. Oh, I've not seen that one before. What is that? Or is it their European kit? European jersey? Uh, unclear. I'm, I'm really, I'm really struggling to find the kit launch online. Yeah, I can't really find it. I've got bits and pieces. I found it an infant's kit. <laughs> well, if if uh, I'll just I'll just put a little mention out. If Canterbury would would like uh, to use us to help distribute information and uh, whatever of their kit launches, then that would be a start for them, wouldn't it? Exactly. Uh, this that, the, that is a training jersey, that blue one. Yeah, and this kit, red, I've got in front, one. this kit I've got in front of me is actually... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cheers, Kit. But without the band. <laughs> well, so. it's not too different. It is pretty similar. Mm, well, there you go. Uh, uh, so you just met, We just mentioned a Leicester change kit. Uh, they had a preseason game against Treviso In a pretty... over the weekend, and I saw their change kit. It, much as I adore their new home jersey and it's a return to form for Leicester their change jersey is disgusting luminous yellow I can only assume it's like their <gasps> their third kit that it's not it's pretty shocking isn't it it's disgusting yeah um, <laughs> I mean uh, I've made this made this gag before but this isn't really a gag it looks like they're operating heavy machinery I mean it actually does look like they're operating yeah. heavy machinery yeah uh, well um, Leinster have just got their third kit as well and it's a dark blue but a luminous yellow barcode situation. Why do they do on. this? I mean, it's very peculiar that you go through all the efforts to get a really nice home kit, and then the third kit just seems like someone's plaything. Like, just go and do what you want. And it's never inventive. It's always it's almost cliched 
in its horridness. It, it, it's just awful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can we stop trying to be inventive and wacky or yeah, it's huge, not... mo- huge motifs and stuff? Actually, if you want to do anything with your with your third kit, why don't you honour some old jerseys and do throwback jerseys? Yes, or... well done, Tim. Yeah, yeah. In- England did the um, guys. It was probably about six or seven years ago. Um, they had like a um historic one didn't they that they actually played in in the six nations against wales yes and england have also had one against australia which mirrored their original kit when they had their first international against australia i'm pretty sure australia wore sky blue for it as well so they looked a bit like the waratahs and england had like a dark blue jersey with a red and white band on it i think Oh, okay they're completely different that to me makes a lot more sense Bit of a doff of the cap to, to the past. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. No. The only team that can wear a luminous on their home jersey is the Ospreys, and that's it. <laughs> oh, God. Ospreys have had some absolutely horrendous kits. No, I've come around on that, Tim. I think they're brilliant. Do you? Yeah, I, I think they're brilliant. Because that is actually what the Ospreys are. They wear horrific kits. So if, <laughs> right. they, if they turned around and all of a sudden had a nice kit, well, that would, that would be bad for the Ospreys. That would be, that for them would be edgy. But they need like a luminous purple or, you know, um, a luminous yellow uh, trim. It, it, it's just what they do. Is there, is there any other stash that, I, that we've missed out? There's got to be plenty of others. Has there? Um, Ulster launched the... Oh, that's right. Uh, I think it was their, their European Not kit. a bad kit, that. It's okay. It's that okay. red and white one. Are we talking? Yeah, yeah the hoops. one with with yeah some some fine hoops. Um, I was shocked because the first version I saw, the players were wearing the supporters kit, which is a <laughs> which is a really weird way. So the the playing kit looks great. The the players in supporters <laughs> kit does it's not a good fix. It's it's baggy in all the places that should be tight and tight in all the places that should be baggy. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. So it looks like Gloucester's kit when Freddie Burns wore it. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one because you'd have thought players in supporters' kits would actually make the supporters make, oh, make the supporters go and buy it because they want to look like their favourite stars. Quite the opposite. In yes, fact, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like baggy on the arms and stuff, and these these are big boys. Yeah, yeah. With the exception of Charles Pietel, who filled his nicely. He did. Uh, the rest of it, they're just not not great. <laughs> but good kits. Can I make a stash watch observation? Of course you can. That JB, you alluded to at the very start of the uh, of this episode, uh, Harlequins maybe need to <laughs> maybe need to increase the size of their shorts. Perhaps may ha- uh, well this possibly. Is, uh, where do we go with this? I'm not going to say a thing about this because um... no, I know I know why not. All, all, no, okay, so all I'll say is there is a picture of. Jason Leonard at a, at a sort of charity game in Quinn's um, full Quinn's outfit doing the rounds, um, which yeah, yeah, I don't want to make too much light of because there could be a, a condition. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. anyway, good. Um, another <clears throat> another thing for this uh, Harlequins kit. I've been up in Edinburgh this weekend celebrating a friend of the pod, Chris Jane's birthday, um, and. Me and Jay and a few of our friends chipped in and got him a rugby kit. No, we did. And we we had a little poll uh, between the between ourselves to see which kit we should buy him. He, he is an Edinburgh fan, um, but we, we wanted to buy him another kit. So we debated uh, the Racing Metro kit and the France kit. But we all agreed that the nicest kit at the moment is the Harlequins, the 150 year jersey. 
is lovely. So we, oh. bought, we bought him that, and then we decided to get it um, personalised with a, a player's name and number on the back. So who do you think we would have gone for, Tim? Mobile number, by the way, not playing number. Um, <laughs> would it have been Ward 2? He was on the shortlist. He, was, he made the shortlist, but he wasn't the final selection. Try again. Okay, okay. Um, a current player? Um, yes, he's still playing. He still plays. At Queens? No. no. I'm not going to tell you. Botica 10? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great shout, boys. More Botica news now. Do you know his brother plays for RGC? Uh, no. no. Yeah, that was, uh, that was their star signing to play in the Premiership. Wow. Good stock, good stock that family. Frano Botica was an amazing player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he played for two nations, I think. <clears throat> Did he play for someone? Czechoslovakia, yeah, or, or Croatia, or someone. Croatia, probably something like that. So, which is inconsequential compared to what well, you've, you've just mentioned. Croatia, which just reminds me, I feel like I should explain why I'm remote again. It's because I, I'm leaving no stone unturned, boys, in terms of uh, doing some scouting pre-season. So that that is why I'm going to Croatia and Montenegro, um, just pu- purely on a rugby scouting mission. You might get called up if Frano Botica, aged forty something, uh, managed to play for their international team. I might stick. I might stick around there. Although I, th- I think they're like big, big boys in that part of the world. They're just they're very tall nations, very big boys. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's meant to be a beautiful place to go to as well. I've not been before, so I'll let you know. Yeah. Uh, more rugby news. Yeah. I'm playing in a game this week. Are you? Yes, you are, because I, I was going to be playing in the same game. Now, are, uh, are we allowed to talk about this game, or should we wait till <clears> next week? Uh, no, I, I think we should talk about it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give the well. Um, oh God, and on this one, I've got some, I've got some incredible dates that I'm going to be involved in. Phil, you're, uh, I'm, uh, I've got some dates through that I'll be working at um, BT Sport. Ooh. Ulster v Exeter is one of them. Oh, are you going over to? Yeah. Ah, uh, to the Kingspan. Yep. Been my lifelong dream to visit the Kingspan. <laughs> I know, I know. Anyway, so yeah, I've got, so yes, um, uh, BT Sport. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I'm, are we being? Shall we mention it or not? I mean, yeah, you definitely count because you work there. Well, yeah, no. So yes, I've so been I, on BT Sport. I watch yes, it. Yeah, so I yeah, count. yeah. So I, so I, I got <clears> asked by the guys at BT Sport, would you play in the game uh, against Sky Sports that's happening Wednesday, East London Rugby Club? Um, if you wanted to go down and watch, could be a bit of crap. I'm not sure they want. Not sure they want it publicised. <laughs> oh really? I've got no idea. Well, I don't know. Why yeah, not. East London Rugby Club. Yeah, that's anyway, why we're playing. Anyway, they. Uh, yeah. Well, God. Yeah. No, I don't think it's a secret. Anyway, they're playing. Um, due to some people on summer holidays, myself included. Um, JB is stepping up. Are you playing front row, Jay? No, I'm not. I'll be playing eight probably. I'm too oh, lean, I'm... too lean, and too powerful to be playing prop. <laughs> too lean. I, I, I did say you. I did say you could play uh, tight head if if needed. I can play anywhere. It doesn't bother me. One through to fifteen. One through... You you up against Paul Wallace? Well, Can't see it. Yeah. So this is the problem, right? I have no idea what I'm letting myself into. On the BT side, there is a right mixture, including production staff and all sorts. Um, now I don't know what Sky are going to be bringing. Are they going to be bringing Scott Quinnell? Yeah. Bring, Will Will Greenwood? Yeah. Am I going to unleash the dragon? No thanks, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have no idea. So um, if if Scott Quinnell is there, I know he's not. He's on the opposition, but 
you're going to have to ask him to do one of his incredible hard knocks motivational team talks for you as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Scott, I'm just not feeling it, mate. I'm, I'm just not feeling it. <laughs> I'm trying to think um, who else they have. I mean, they have a collection of pretty good players there if they decide to play him. John, I- Johnny Wilkinson, Michael Liner, Stuart, uh. Stuart Barnes, Shane Horgan. Uh. Yeah, and if Shane Horgan's listening to the podcast, he's probably got a score to settle. <laughs> Who's gonna? T- I don't know. I don't know whether this is just kind of the team that's not the DX stars. I don't know. We'll find out. I can't wait to hear. Yeah, so I don't I'm... know what's going to happen. Um, I've got a feeling they've either got too many medals or too much money to play. But we'll see. <laughs> Should I'd, be a good old crack anyway. I'd love to see you get smashed by Stuart Barnes. Unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. What the real problem is? It right? is unlikely. And this is a massive problem. If you start. Start talking to, to some of these lads. Like me and Phil went for a few beers with um, uh, Jonathan Mills and Neil Briggs from Sail Sharks. Okay, and we started talking to them. And then before you know, it, you're swapping rippy stories. And like a couple of beers, anything? Oh yeah, well maybe you know if we played together, we'd be of equal. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be of equal talents whatsoever. <laughs> and if we did, if I was lucky enough to play on the same field as them, I'd probably get killed. And the danger <laughs> is, I'm now thinking I might be good enough, and I'm going to go and play against some ex pros and get annihilated. <laughs> so that's where I'm. That's what I'm well, thinking. All I will say is if if uh, publicising your, your playing and someone from this podcast is playing is probably not a good idea. If Stuart Barnes was 50-50, he'll definitely be putting his boots on <laughs> and seeking you out. <laughs> and annihilating me. Uh, yeah. Who do we get your brother to play, Tim? Hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe he, well, he looks pretty similar to me. I could just pretend, I could just pretend <laughs> he's got the same face. I could just pretend he is me. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be exciting for next week. Where, where was I going to be played, by the way? Because I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a different shape than I was when I was playing hooker. Well, I've got to say, I did um, email the organisers and say, do not let Tim get away with playing ten. <laughs> <laughs> so uh... well, that's what that's what I get. That's what I got when I when I sort of you know um, was chatting to all the production staff at BT, and they were like, oh, you played? Oh yeah, I pl- played at Newbury, played Manchester, played blah blah. blah. Um, they were like, oh right, where'd you play? What? 10, 12. <laughs> That's what they I can only imagine your answer as well. You know, I've got the skills to play 10. But traditionally, I've played hooker. <laughs> like a link player, really. You can build the whole game plan around me. Uh, yeah, quite. Exactly. Uh, okay, enough naval gazing. Shall we talk about next week's... Oh, no. Irish and Scottish teams, boys. Irish teams. Irish. Di- let's dissect the Irish transfers in the Pro 12. Okay. Yeah, we've, we've gone through the Aviva Prem. We had a look at the... Uh, Scottish Welsh sides last week. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Well, yeah, Welsh. Welsh. So, Welsh so let's uh, let's take a look at the Irish provinces. Right. I have no idea what's happening in the Irish provinces. So why don't you take this away, Phil? So starting with champions elect Connacht. Um, they're losing three of their starting players, three starters from the final in Robbie Henshaw, yep. uh, Ali Muldowney. Oh, where's he going? He's going to Grenoble. Huh? Second row. Uh, and obviously AJ, AJ has gone to the AJ. Yeah. Now, did Henry or you or whatever his name is go before that? Rodney, are you Rodney? Well, sorry, he didn't play in the final, uh, and they've had uh, Finley Beelham starting at tight head, but he is going to Ulster. Um, Peter Beelham is staying though. Is he? Which is a big re-signing as well. Yeah. So who have they replaced these lad- these lads with? Um. Not no no big names. I mean, the biggest name is the Lions, as in the Golden Lions, mm-hmm. backup fly half in Monitz Bot Boshoff. 
Um, what a name for rugby, by the way. It's a, it's a g- good, na- good name. Um, besides that, they've brought in kind of a few no-name players. The only one I've really heard of before, um, I, and I imagine neither of you two will have heard of, is Lewis Stevenson, who's former Harlequins, oh, yeah. Exeter, and Second row. Ulster. Yes, Never he, he played, at, played at Ulster. Who's a He's a solid squad second row should be great great at the pro 12 then um so, so connor you would say are, are going to be a little bit weaker than last year yeah but they've kept the most important guy uh what's his name the, the other center Who? pat lamb pat lamb uh i can't remember his bloody uh bundyaki bundyank yeah that's the, the other yeah, yeah. the other center yeah i mean i think and the, with the, those two that's basically uh the key to most of their, most of their success. They, oh, well, they kept Matt Healy, who was superb, and O'Hallahan, the fullback, and the Nigerian winger. So yeah, in, in summary, Connor, they have retained most of their squad, albeit they've lost three very important elements, three key components. So you'd argue that it would be slightly weaker um, this season coming than they were last year. So it would be very difficult for them to repeat. Can I just make a quick uh, observation slash ask a question, which is regarding AJ McGinty. Yes. I know for a fact that AJ McGinty was recommended to Steve Diamond by, do you know who? Pat Lamb. Pat Lamb actually phoned Steve Diamond up and said, I've got a player here. Uh, If you want him, it's a shame I can't keep him. I'd love to know why he couldn't keep him. I've got a feeling it's something to do with his playing playing for the USA and not being an Irish player. Possibly because the, um, there's been something recently with one of Ulster signing Curtsy Ku- Kuitsi. Yeah, I can never pr- I never know how to Kuitsi. pronounce it. No. Thanks, Jay. Like the um, Marlin. So he's he's injured for nine months, um, and he was the the ball carrying back back row, um, but the IR IRFU blocked them getting in an injury replacement. For what reason? I don't know. Don't know the reason. I was reading an article on it earlier this week. It was the IRFU have to approve any transfers that come through, and they prevented them from from doing it. Yeah, so I think that's why he's gone. Because otherwise, why would he get rid of an Irishman playing in Connacht and playing well? Yes. Yeah. And apparently, mm. he's as Irish as he as they get. Yes. But he just happened to go over to university in USA for a bit. Yep. Next one, Leinster. So they've lost a huge number of players. Um, the headlines, Ben Teo's obviously gone. Uh, Ian Madigan's gone. Marty Moore's gone to Wasps. Uh, their uh, um, wise old scrum halves, Isaac Boss and Owen Reddin, have both gone. Ooh, where have they gone? Are they retired? Reddin's retired. Isaac Boss has gone back to New Zealand. Okay. Uh, not to play Super Rugby. He's gone to Waikato. Uh, Luke, Fitzger- Luke Fitzgerald had to retire. That's a shame. Yeah, it, it, it is a shame. Um, so they've, they've lost quite a few, quite a few big names and good players, um, and they've only brought in a handful of players. So they brought in Henshaw, obviously, which is like a um, direct replacement for Ben Teo. You'd expect him to be starting inside. Do you center. think it isn't a direct replacement for Ben Teo? Well, I think he will go and start at inside centre. Yeah, I guess so. I don't think they're similar players. Uh, Henshaw's a big boy and he can carry strongly because he's always played 13 at Connacht yeah and 12 for Ireland it'd be interesting to see if they play him in the same kind of role as Teal he he even played 15 for Connacht earlier yeah he did you're right Um, so they brought him in Uh, they brought in Ian Nagel as a squad second row presumably from London Irish yep they brought in Niall Morris as a squad utility back from Tigers 
and Jameson Gibson Park as their um, their other scrum half because they've got this young young guy McGrath. Uh, I think it's Luke McGrath uh, as a scrum half who looks promising. Tim. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Not especially inspired by really any of those signings. And I, I saw Nagel play for London Irish a few times. I don't think he'll trouble the first team at all. No, no. At any point in the season, so I'm, I'm a little bit flat by a, a lot of that. Do you know what? Henshaw aside, I actually think. I mean, it's not a place that struggles for money. It's well funded. Uh, it's a big name which can attract big players. I actually think the. I actually think the fact they haven't signed anyone. If as a betting man means they've got a lot of stuff coming in from the academy, which is a yes. good sign. And the guys I've lost, only really is Ben Teo a big name, a big active player. Well, they've replaced him with another international. Yeah, rest, that's true. The rest of it sounds like getting rid of Deadwood, to be fair. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Jay. Um, looking at their squad and looking at the number of young Irish players they've got, they've got multiple young Irish players in almost every position. Um with with probably the exception of fullback, where they've got uh, Nasewa, Kirchner, and Rob Carney, um, who are one Irish but non young. You've yeah. got lads lads like Ringrose um, at outside centre, like Luke Luke McGrath. It's exactly yeah. how they should be doing it. To be fair, like if you've got a backup fly half, let them go. You know, let your two experienced old heads go. Just let them go. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Just one thing, because um, again, this is a ground of uh, well, I've not been to to Dublin to watch. A rugby union match, but I'll uh, the, the European weekend, fifteenth of October. I, I'll be I'll be reporting for BT at Leinster Cast. Where will they play that? Will it be at the Aviva or? I'd say the Aviva. If it's a European game, I say the Aviva. But I don't know. Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't. I don't know. Is the honest answer. Do you know the Aviva? Apparently, the reason that and I love it when my stories start with apparently it means they're wrong. <laughs> but apparently, the reason that one side is so small is because there's a a cantankerous old solicitor. That lives on the other side of it, and he doesn't want his <laughs> light being affected. It's nothing to do with like a train line or a river or no, no, no. It's, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's one solicitor, and as soon as he's dead, it's a right, to, right to light, mate. You've got, <laughs> yeah. you've got a right to light. Absolutely right. Absolutely. So like, old Trafford, uh, like when you look at uh, Old Trafford football ground, it it looks ridiculous. Yeah, three three sides of it are absolutely enormous. Enormous. And one tiny stand, and that but, that, but that's that's because of the train line. That's what tr- Twickers was like until. Fairly recently, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, so as soon as he's dead, they're going to basically bot on the rest of the Viva Stadium. That's what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Okay, so Leinster, the actual guys he brought in, no great shakes. Um, besides, besides Robbie Henshaw, um, but that perhaps does inspire confidence in their team. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see how they go. Uh, Munster. I'm not really sure what to make of this. Um, no one I've really heard of who's gone, apart from BJ Botha, who's been released um, as a 36-year-old prop. So <laughs> Fine, whatever. Yeah. Uh, no one I've really heard of who's come in, besides, besides Sam Arnold, who's a young centre-slash-winger from Ulster. Um, they brought in a couple of South Africans who I've not really heard of, who presumably both both from the Stormers, who are presumably going to be squad players. Um well, I mean, let's just consider. Let's consider this generally. So, what we're effectively saying is, players moving to Ireland to play. There's not really Pia Tower side a huge name, and that, that as it has done. If you look over the last ten years, rather than the last year where it's been a bit iffy, 
But that served the national team so well not to spend money outside of Ireland. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a bit more to this as well, Tim. I think, and I'll need someone to clear this up for me. I'll start with the word apparently again. <laughs> if in Ireland, um, you've got to have, I think, of all the four regions, one Irishman playing in each position. Does that more that no, I think you're or only allowed. You're, you're only allowed, allowed one, one non-Irishman yeah. in any given position. Sorry, that's right. So you know if. Ruben Pienaar is starting for Ulster, which I imagine he'll start, will he? Yes. Touch and go. No, he'll start. No, he'll start. <laughs> it means that the rest of them can't have a foreign scrum half. Now, it's not. I don't think it's quite that back, black and white because of the size of the squads, but it comes back to the IRFU have to personally approve every every single sign-in. So mm. if they're not Irish or or can become Irish qualified, then... It'd be a weird one, wouldn't it, if you said you can't have a scrum half because of Ruin Pienaar, and then they get the equivalent of Ruin Pienaar at Munster who can play full-back, fly half, or scrum half. Yeah. I wonder how, how they go about policing that. So that's why it's like someone like um, Jared Payne, who has played more of his stuff, at, more of his um, game time at, at 15, but has been playing 13 for Ireland. Um, Sounds like it's all going to end up in a very messy compromise. Well, they, so you said there's only one big name coming in, Charles Piatow. Well, there's two in Ulster because of Coetzee, Curtsy. Even though he won't be playing for the first eight months? Uh, he injured himself in April, and it's a nine-month injury. Oh, that's horrific. Yeah, mm. so it'll be January. January. That's not too bad. It's not too bad, but the, it does leave a problem. So Ulster's, Ulster's back row, we've got plenty of guys who are good good hardy back row players guys like chris henry and and um reedy and those boys um but we've not really got a big ball carrier we used to have nick williams but he's gone to the cardiff blues probably right we've got roger wilson but he's probably a little bit past it and so we brought in curtsy coetzee um, <laughs> we're gonna please someone help someone <laughs> do a tw- tweet us at rugby podcast phonetic People people have done Curtis. repeatedly and I, I never seem to be able to remember that one. <laughs> so that that is a big problem for Ulster. Yeah. So, uh, the the other problem for Ulster is uh, the front row situation. So we brought in Rodney Aryu. Hooker were okay. We got Best and Herring. We brought in Rodney, Rodney Aryu and we got um, Herbst. But we always just feel a little bit light up front. Uh, and it actually looks like you're light up front when you go into playoffs. Yes. Yeah. But s- second row... We're very, well. We're pretty good. Uh, Van der Mer were Henderson, obviously, uh, and Dan Tui. Would you not rather get a real second row and move Henderson to the back row? Well, I, I think that's what they'll end up doing at the start of the season. They'll have to have Henderson in the back row. But when they had ball Muller, carrying. he was such a monster for them. Yeah. And then you could have Henderson in, in the back row, and he yeah. was a mon- he was a monster. monster. Um, and the Piatau signing, it's almost so. Back back row and front row a little bit weak. The back line, the Munster's back line is very very good. I mean, particular so Pinar and Paddy Jackson, and then your centres take your pick any two from Darren Cave, Luke Marshall, McCloskey, Alden, and Jared Payne. The problem is there, right? You are considering that as four players going into two positions. Is that right? Uh, it's five five players. Sorry, five players in two positions. Yeah, I don't see it like that. Okay, I see it as four players going for one position to go with Luke, um, with uh, McCluskey. Wow, 
Well, because when you see him galloping yeah, Mc, down the twelve Mc, channel, it's exceptional. So it's it's four into one, and you say, "Oh well, we solved that by pushing Jared Payne to fullback." Oh and no, then Pietau's come in. But and he, he goes on the wing occasionally as well. He he does go on the wing occasionally, but you've got Tommy Bow, Andrew Trimble, club captain this year, and Craig Gilroy on the wings. <laughs> so so what we need so right. what we need is the same scientists that are working on trying to create one super super hooker out of Harlequins. <laughs> yes. Uh, Hookers, we need someone to do the same at Ulster. No, you're wrong, Tim, because they've already got super sensors. Yeah. They've got too many of them. They've, they've, got, they've <laughs> all got all the attributes. Yeah, they're all super sensors, whereas Harlequins have got three substandard hookers. Yeah. This is a whole new level of scientific <laughs> endeavour. I mean, that back line, you've, you've got there, so in the centres and the back three, you've got five positions and you've got, uh, if you had Louis Louis Ludic, you got ten players competing for those who are all outstanding. Outstanding. It's it's real. It's a, it's a strange one, Pietau, because he, he will be a marquee player. It's a huge amount of money, and he's brilliant, and he will be playing. But it's almost like they don't. We don't actually really need him. He's not the essential component. It's not improving it overall 15 that much, is it? it? It improves it by a smaller margin than if we'd have got, say, uh, well, say Louis Pickamoles. Oh. Or someone it, like that. Oh. Did you see uh, Did you see the interview? There's an interview done this I week saw with, it. Louis, with Louis Pickamole, and I love the way he's talking. So Louis Pickamole, incredible international player, uh, been around the block, 30 years of age, and he's saying that the Aviva Premiership is really good for his development. He's still using that term, which has made me even more excited about Louis Pickford. That's a media term, isn't it? It's like, um, how are you going to approach uh, next week's game? We're just going to try and get better. We're going to do one <laughs> game at a time. We're going to try and yeah. get better. Yeah. It's all about the... Going to focus the on performance and the results take care of themselves. Yeah. Boring, 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 boring. <laughs> Why didn't you just say uh, it's great for my rank account? Uh, I, I like it here. I'm French, got a lot of style, but I can also pick up some Northampton shoes. Oh, the shoes. The shoes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna, f- I, I, I've, I've been fully acquainted with the many squat racks in Northampton. <laughs> exactly right. I've been it's working just, on my quads. Another, not- I've, I've had so many people again mentioning that I keep, do I have a thing about, do I keep mentioning quads to an un, <laughs> unhealthy degree? I wouldn't say unhealthy, Tim. No, squatting's very healthy. I I also appreciate a good quad. Uh, don't yeah. we all? Um, where were we? Oh, yeah. So, Ulster's backs. Quick question for Phil here. Does this imply that they're going to be taking the Pro 12 very seriously? Because um, they can't fail not to take it seriously, just through squad rotation. Yes. They will They will be taking it very, very seriously. And, and this, and this was my... Cup. Sorry to interrupt, Phil. This was my exactly my thought as I was listening to you talking about the... the the, the strength in depth and the embarrassment of riches they have is the last few years with the well the last couple of years with the adjustment of the way that you qualify for the European Cup and it's been a much more attritional process for the Irish provinces uh, Welsh regions and Scottish sides than it has been this is precisely what they've needed to do yeah uh, for, yeah you're absolutely right going back to my um, Twitter week from hell uh, one of the things that Welsh and Irish fans and Scottish fans don't really appreciate is the single biggest factor in the Pro 12 being a good competition. It's not due to their own in, uh, ingenuity or coming up with some clever scheme themselves. It's because the English and French forced them to be competitive. Forced them. So, yeah, um, I actually think this is a statement of intent by Ulster saying that they are going to take the Pro 12 very seriously this yeah. year. And what happens, by the way, 
if Paddy Jackson's rested? Um, th- there's a couple of young lads. There's the guy they brought in from Bath, Brett Heron, okay, um, and a young lad called Johnny McPhillips. Who was awesome in the Under-20 World Championships. I've mentioned him on one of the podcasts earlier in the summer. He he got injured and so couldn't play in the final, but looked really, really excellent. Mm. Mm. So there you looked go. really good. And you always have the option of pushing Alding in. Um, or or equally pushing Pinar out. Yeah, as I say, they're, Alding they're... was the most fly-halfy of your centres. Alding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, actually, more... no, forget it. Yeah, um, Alding. Alding. Okay, shall we move on to this week's games? Let's well, um, well, what do you mean this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I think we kind of covered those off, the rugby championship ones, uh, earlier on. Well, let's just say... The, fi- the upcoming fixtures, do you mean, JV? Yes, I do. Okay, cool. Well, but... I've got one little interesting thing which I thought you might like, because we, we we've just been talking about the, the Irish provinces, and we've sort of left the Aviva Premiership... But that is getting closer and closer. And this week, the betting odds for the new season have come out. Mm-hmm. Ah, and okay. I think it's quite revealing because it basically says where the bookies, how the bookies imagine the table to look. Okay. Um, with, yeah. with the odds to, if, if you take the odds to win as where they put you in the pecking order, then no surprise, Saracens um, at top. Wasps second, Exeter third, Leicester fourth, Northampton fifth. Bath sixth, which is performing at twenty to one to win the Aviva Premiership. Wow, which I think is slightly better than than we were, have been talking about. I think I said eighth for them. Have I? Yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. Harlequins seven, Gloucester eight, Sales Sharks nine. Oh, behave in the betting odds. Behave. Wow. The, the, the bookies have no idea. Oh, mind you, watch them get relegated this year. Now, Gloucester. <laughs> where do you say they were? Uh, ahead, one above eight, one, ahead of, one above. Right, so that's going to cost. If that comes to fruition, I'm going to owe a fan on Twitter ten pound. <laughs> ten pound for every position, Gloucester finish higher than Sale. Okay, and that goes both ways. Uh, yeah, that's Newcastle, Newcastle are in at tenth, three hundred to one, and the two equal rank outsiders at five hundred to one, Bristol and Worcester. They have got this so wrong because. Uh, those two teams you've mentioned are not equal. Uh, the more I think about Bristol, the more I think they're going to go down because they play Toulon rugby because they are the Toulon of the championship and the premiership's a lot different. They're not a clever team. They're not an inventive team. So unless they've changed everything overnight, they're going to be in for a rude and horrible awakening when they have their first game. Worcester are a far more balanced team than Bristol, in my in my opinion. And to have sale that low, I, they've, they've just got it wrong. They've just got it purely wrong. Unfortunately, it won't make you any money because what they have got correct is Saracens winning the league. Well, how much would you get if you guessed the entire league right? <laughs> One through to 12. <laughs> yeah. uh, you'd have to... There's a bespoke odd, odds package you're going to have to go for there. How, how, well, do you, how do you do that? You'd have well, to phone that, up a book, be a bookmaker. Let, let's, let, let's do it. Let's each of us write down our one to twelve. We'll, we'll get in touch with a bookmaker and do it. That's a good idea. How long until the Premiership kicks off? Two weeks now. Two weeks. Two weeks. So next week, and then it's on. Yeah, next yeah. weekend will be the last podcast we do before Premiership's back. How about next week then? We do a podcast purely on our one to twelve. We all pick it in individually, and we'll just do that. Well, let's let's do that as a little short, separate pod. Yeah, that's a great. That's where I was going to go next, Tim. Great minds. Ah, clever. A little midweek pod to be released. Ooh, yeah, I'm very excited. Like it. 
And then a year down the line, you can listen back and laugh at us when we get it all completely horrendously yeah, wrong. <laughs> well, I was like, say, I'm, I'm glad like... that we have a kind of uh, topical, ever-changing podcast, because if people did go back and listen to old episodes, <laughs> we'd sound ridiculous. Have you actually done that, Tim? Because I've done it. And I sound ridiculous when I said Exeter would win the league three years ago. <laughs> I don't think they made the playoffs. Yeah, mate, we've all done it. We've all been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a few occasions. Oh, no, no, but I guaranteed it. Like, 100% guaranteed. Okay, uh, so Argentina, we won't talk about New Zealand, Australia, because what's there to talk about? Yeah, well, no, nothing. Will it, will it be a bigger margin? Uh, that is a good question. More than 30... It can't be, can it? Can it? More than 37 points or whatever it was. That, 35 points. At that, what, at that point then, what happens? Do they just give up on... Do they give up? Do they... Change everything? I, I don't know. I just don't know. Oh, God. Tune in to watch the end of Australian rugby next week. Yeah, the, yeah. the scary thing about that New Zealand-Australia game on Saturday was that New Zealand usually rely on their fitness to have a really strong last 10, 15, 20 minutes. And yeah. they, they were poorest by a mile. They were really poor and all the mistakes happened in the last 20. Yeah. Yeah, they that's... left points out there, didn't they? In the... And I wonder yeah. if that's what they'll do. They'll go away, they'll look at the video and say, this is not acceptable, this is how we win our games right at the end and they put even more points on Australia. Yeah. What a miserable place for Australia to be. <laughs> so miserable. Tra- uh, Travelling over to Wellington as well. I'm genuinely upset for them. But, um, but then the other one, Argentina hosting South Africa. I hope, this is what I hope, regardless of the result, we actually see a full stadium in Argentina because the South Africa stadium was not full. You could see the seating. It wasn't a good crowd. I hope we have a, f- a full bouncing stadium in Argentina and I would like a healthy Argentine win. I mm. think they I think they might win by a slender margin. I was I, I if you'd have asked me this last week, I, I would have said South Africa are gonna roll them over twice. I've got a sneaky feeling for a an Argentina win. Phil? Hmm. Now, I just looked up where the game is. It's not in Buenos Aires. It's in Salta in a 20,000-seater right. stadium. Okay, so it should be full. So, yeah. A cauldron. Yeah. Um, and hopefully away from the bright lights for those playboys. <laughs> I'm sure they'll find some trouble. <laughs> Go on. Um, I really, really, really want an Argentina win. Uh, and I think it'll be very close again. But I think they they might just do it. So I'm going to say Argentina by a narrow, very narrow Come on. margin. Go on. I think that's my uh, heart over my head, to be honest, because I, I really yeah. want them to win it. Yeah, I feel a bit like that. But I think that I think that they will do it. I think that think that they will. Uh, any more from any more? Well, just I, I think Phil, you should throw a little heads up about something exciting that's coming uh, coming soon. Yes, um, we we mentioned it previously. Um, when I won, won a wonderful cane shirt, hurricane shirt, um, a great your website. Beloved, your beloved my, canes. My beloved the... canes. Um, uh, a great great little website called Statbacker. Uh, we're going to be introducing um, a predictions, a, a stat predictions uh, online game associated with the, the Viva Premiership. We'll be launching it next weekend, so keep your ears peeled for that. And I, th- I think it's a really, really interesting idea. This game It's very, very good. So look out. Will we all be in a league? Will they get to compete against the geniuses of me, Tim, and yourself? 
if if you're willing to go for if you're willing to enter yourself in the league, then you can do. I strongly consider it. Strong. You know a thing or two about stats, don't you, Jay? Not really. <laughs> I know correlation doesn't equal causation. Yes. It's, oh yeah, absolutely. It, but it, this isn't this isn't just stats so much as it's kind of p- picking an aspect and just using your nous and, in, and intellect and rugby intelligence to yeah to have an educated guess. But the the league, all of the um, the way that the league would be set up will be chosen by us three a week in advance. So okay. we'll, we'll read it out on the podcast. We'll give you a few tips, and then you can compete with us on the website. Superb. Yeah. Excellent. Well, keep keep your ears peeled for that next week. There's one final job we have because again, the 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 amount of special whole podcast listener disciples that listen to the end for the special hashtag um, and the number of Iron Lion Ryan hashtags <laughs> on, on Twitter was phenomenal once again. So, Brilliant. what on earth is the end of pod hashtag going to be this week? Hmm. I wonder if we should rest it for a week. Or, or like I don't know, fat, fap over faff. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the um, Olympics or frat house. Uh, so ha- hashtag Olympics or frat house. The new France. The, oh, the new France. In re- referring to Argentina. Argentina. Uh, um, I think. To... I think if it's not substantial enough, we should rest it for a week. Okay. And then when it is substantial, next. What about week... something to do with the, the bugging? What? what... I don't know. Yeah, let's go for that. We'll see. We'll see what the reaction is after a rest week. Yeah, let, let's 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 put our precious hashtag to bed, and next week we'll come. All right, we'll, we'll come back stronger, stronger and harder than the Australian sevens team rooming next door to the <laughs> Dutch hockey team. That was, yes, that was for you, yes. Tim. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jay. Now, listen. I'll tell you what I'll do as well because I want to make sure I put, I'll put our money where our mouth is. And I was saying that, that for those people that do listen to the very end and use a hashtag, uh, we will sort some some prizes out. I I have had a conversation with someone, and I, there should be some uh, there should be some goodies available for that eventuality very very soon. So Excellent. yes, let's leave it and go big on it next week. Excellent, and hopefully have a prize as well. Right. Yes, okay. prizes. Right, again. Well, Tim, enjoy your holiday. Thank you very much. Uh, Phil, guess I'll see you around. And, uh, <laughs> thanks, 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 mate. That's all right, man. And just as a memory of the two weeks that that was, here's Ben Ryan, Lion, Iron, whatever it is. Yes. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.